Good morning, everybody. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank everybody uh, for honoring us last week and our 10 years of ministry with you. It's been our joy and our privilege to call Glad Tidings our home. And especially while, you know, one of the hard things for us was all of our family lived so far away, and, and some of you are in the same boat. And it was really the people who are here who are our brothers and our sisters and our mothers and our fathers, and, and you guys have really been our family. And, and we just want to thank you guys for being our family, and, and we want to thank you so much for your lavish gifts and cards and your kind words to us. And, and there's really no place like Glad Tidings. And um, I especially want to thank my wife, who has stood by me these 10 years in ministry. Um, I'm surprised she hasn't killed me yet, but thank God I'm here today. <laughs> and uh, it's been an amazing journey and adventure with her. And, uh, and I've grown in my faith by walk, watching her walk her walk with the Lord. You know, we've been talking to you these last few weeks about the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit and the need for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the need for us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and the role that the Holy Spirit plays in your life. And we've been challenging you these last few weeks to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit, especially if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit before. And if you know exactly what this experience is like, we've been asking you to seek a fresh filling from the Holy Spirit. And so I want to start off by asking you, have you been seeking the power of the Holy Spirit? I mean, have you been seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Have you been seeking a fresh and new filling of the Holy Spirit in your lives? Are you seeking Him at home? Are you seeking Him at the workplace? Are you seeking Him in your car, in your neighborhood? Are you seeking Him with your family? Or are you too preoccupied with other things? Are you too busy for Him? Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, well, you know what, I really don't want to sound like so-and-so, and I don't want to look like so-and-so. I mean, are you too self-conscious? Are you too self-aware that you're beginning to build up these walls and allowing him to move in your life the way that he wants to. This morning, I, I really just have one thing that I want to share with you, and it's, it's in the form of this question. This is what it is. Are you open? I mean, are you open to being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Are you open to being challenged by the Spirit? Are you open to stepping out and doing some bold things for God? Are you open to following the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to be your guide wherever He would lead you? Are you, are you open? I mean, what would your life look like if you were open to the Holy Spirit? I mean, how would your life change right now if you were open to the Holy Spirit? What would be different at home? What would be different with your husband or with your wife? What would be different with your kids? What would be different with your neighbors or your classmates or your coworkers? What would, what would be different if you were open to him? Are you open to him this morning? You know, we've been looking at how the Holy Spirit was moving in the book of Acts, and we want to encourage you to go home and read through this book when you get a chance. It's this amazing, amazing, exciting, and fast-paced book. 
that's full of the actions of the Holy Spirit. All, all of these different things that the Holy Spirit has done through the lives of different people. And, and so I want to talk to you today about some people in the book of Acts who were totally open to the Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Acts chapter 10, and we'll begin at verse 1. Acts chapter 10 and verse 1. So let me give you just a little bit of background of what's happening here. At the beginning of Acts, you'll remember we talked about this a few weeks ago, the Holy Spirit baptized those who were waiting on him. And all of a sudden, these men who previously they were seen as cowards, previously they are seen as being really fearful against the opposition, all of a sudden now they're out in the streets uh, and they're speaking with boldness and they're witnessing on the streets and 3,000 people were added to the church that day. And throughout the course of the beginning of Acts, the apostles, they go through these ups and they go through these downs, right? They, they experience the Holy Spirit working in them and signs and wonders are being performed and people are coming into the church. And signs and wonders and, and teaching in the name of Jesus is happening by the apostles but people aren't very happy about it. There's this opposition. There's these lead, the leaders of the Sanhedrin. They aren't very happy. And they bring in Peter and John and they say, hey, listen, just don't preach in the name of Jesus. And so they put them into prison. And while they're in prison, an angel comes and releases them. And they go back into the streets and they continue preaching all in the name of Jesus. And these guys aren't happy and they bring them back. Yeah, into the council, and they're like, hey, listen, we told you guys, stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And what it says is that nothing could stop them from preaching in his name. And so to ensure that they wouldn't uh, preach in the name of Jesus, uh, they started whipping these guys, and they sent them on their way. And again, nothing stopped them from preaching in the mighty name of Jesus. And Scripture tells us, uh, that the word of God began to prosper, but they had some opposition, and they faced heavy persecution. And in the midst of the persecution, and in the midst of the trials, in the midst of their pain and suffering and troubles, they were living in the fear of the Lord, and they were encouraged by the Holy Spirit, and the church increased in numbers. I mean, here were people who were totally open to the leading of the Holy Spirit, no matter what other people thought about them. Here were these people who were totally open to the Holy Spirit, no matter what the situation was that they faced. Here were people who were totally open to the Holy Spirit, no matter what the persecution looked like. They were going to remain open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And this brings us to our scripture this morning, Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Now there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort, a devout man and one who feared God with all of his household, and he gave many alms to the Jewish people, and he prayed to God continually. So right off the bat, we're told a few things about this man whose name is Cornelius. 
Here is this man who is totally open to God. I mean, we're told that he's an Italian. He's, he's not a Jew, but he is very well educated, and he's a high-ranking officer, but he's different. He's, he's different than his other officer friends, his other peers who are at his rank. See, a lot of the other officers, they hated the Jews, there were cases where Roman soldiers were guilty of assaulting and robbing other Jewish people. And when this would happen, those who were in Cornelius's position would just turn a blind eye. But Cornelius, he was different. He didn't look down at the Jews like his peers did. Instead, he would show them courtesy and he would show them respect and he would help them in any way he could. And what's so impressive about Cornelius is that he was a man who renounced paganism. See, during the time when they would go out to battles, they would take these portable idols with them, and the one who was supposed to make sure that the guys would pray to this idol before they go out to battle was the person who was in Cornelius' position. This must have been tough for him tough for him to abandon paganism. Verse 2, it says that Cornelius was a devout man. And this word devout means holy awe that shows itself in activity. You know, Cornelius' faith wasn't uh, just some secret that he kept hidden in his heart, but he demonstrated his faith in how he lived his life. I want to ask you this question this morning. If people were to describe you, would they be able to say that you were a devout follower of Jesus Christ? Would they be able to say that you are somebody who doesn't just talk the talk, but you walk the walk? Or would they say that, yeah, I think that person is just a Sunday morning Christian? Cornelius was this Gentile. And it meant that he and his family weren't allowed to go to the temple. They weren't allowed to go to the synagogue. They weren't allowed to attend Jewish services. And even though he wasn't able to worship in the ten- temple, Cornelius worshipped every way that he knew how. He gave to the poor. He was helping the Jews. He, he, he was always, always, always praying. And at this point in the passage... Cornelius is so open to God that he has this vision from an angel telling him, go and summon Peter because he has something important to tell you. And so, so Cornelius, he gets up uh, from this vision and he sends out two of his servants to go and get Peter. And, and meanwhile, before those men arrived at Peter's house, Peter um, hears this voice from the Holy Spirit that says, Some men are looking for you, so go with them wherever they take you. So Peter goes with them to Cornelius' house, and when he gets to Cornelius' house, Cornelius has already invited all of his family, and he invites all of his closest friend to hear what God has to say through Peter. And so Peter begins talking to them about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, and now he is risen, he is alive, and the forgiveness of sins is now available for people, 
And this is where we pick it up in verse 44 now. While Peter was still speaking all of these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all of those who were listening to the message. All of the believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. You know, because Peter was so open to the Holy Spirit, all were able to hear and accept the message of forgiveness from sins. Because Cornelius was so open to the Holy Spirit, his entire family has this opportunity to receive the forgiveness from sins and to be baptized in the Holy Spirit that day. And because these people were so open to the Holy Spirit, following Jesus was no longer confined to the Jews alone. And all of a sudden, the face of what the church looks like drastically changes forever. Because now God shows Peter and he shows these guys that he's impartial. Repentance would come for everybody. Forgiveness would come to everybody. With repentance, all could receive his grace. All could receive his mercy. All could receive his amazing love. All because two people were open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. You know, I tell you, Cornelius is this amazing example of a father and a husband. When the Lord spoke to him, he went and he called all of his relatives and he called all of his friends eager to hear what God would have to say to them. Cornelius was open to God moving in the lives of his family. What about you? And what about your family? I mean, is it only important for you to bring your family to a church service on Sunday morning? Are you making room for the Holy Spirit in your house during the week? You know, I was reading this article the other day about Katy Perry, who is this mainline singer, and, and she happens to be a preacher's kid. And she has openly renounced God. And her parents aren't very happy about it, and, and their parents are traveling evangelists, and wherever they go, they tell people, I mean, we're not happy about the life that our kid is leading right now. And in this article, they took a survey of pastor's kids, and they were, they were asking these questions, and, and they were trying to find out why so many pastor's kids were falling away from God and falling away from the church. And one of the main reasons was because what was taught in the church wasn't modeled at home. And so in the survey where kids who had parents who were modeling a life that was trying to follow hard after Jesus, those kids remained in the church, and those kids remain active, moving, and working in ministry. I want to tell you something. This isn't just a, pa a pastor's kid statistic. I mean, this goes for your kids as well. I mean, if we would model a life that is dependent on the Holy Spirit, if we practiced our faith throughout the week, not just on a Sunday, if we would pray for our spouses openly, 
If we would pray for our husbands openly, if we would pray for our wives openly, if we would pray for our kids openly, maybe we would set ourselves up to be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit in our families. Maybe we would be ready for some breakthroughs to happen in our lives. Maybe we would be ready to see some breakthroughs happening in our kids. Maybe we would see reconciliation happening in our homes if we were open to the Holy Spirit. You know, my parents, they they modeled lives that followed hard after Jesus. They were always openly praying for us. Any chance they would get, they would try to get us together and pray together as much as possible. And I remember one night when I was in the ninth grade when we went to, uh, to a friend's house for a prayer meeting and there were a handful of families from the church present, including the pastor. And we had a short time of worship and the pastor said, you know what, we're, we're just going to wait on the Holy Spirit tonight. And I remember there were some people who were spontaneously beginning to worship the Lord and I heard people crying out for these gifts and I watched so many people pray and get emotional to the point that it seemed like they were worshiping this gift. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm, I'm not going to worship speaking in tongues. I mean, why would I worship this gift when I can worship the giver of this gift? And so I sat there and I just, I just began to worship Jesus. And I thought, whatever happens, happens. But I'm just going to worship Jesus. And soon enough, I began to just spend some time concentrating on the Lord. I began to, I just began to worship Him, and I began to speak in tongues, and, and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit that night. And even though there were so many other people at that house, that moment was so private, and it was so personal between me and God, and I don't even think anyone knew that I was baptized in the Spirit that night. I want to tell you this morning, don't think that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just for mom and dad. Don't think that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just for the leadership of the church who is here. I want to tell you, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is meant for all of us. So I want to encourage you this morning to pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on your family. Pray that your kids would encounter the Holy Spirit at a young age. When I, was, when I was baptized with the Spirit, I heard kids who were younger than me being filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And being baptized in the Spirit at, at a young age made all the difference in the world for me. It's helped shape my attitude. It's helped shape my behavior. I had the privilege of leaning on the Holy Spirit to help me make decisions while I was a teenager. I had the privilege and the knowledge of of being dependent on the Holy Spirit when I was in college to, to, to make some critical decisions in my life. You know, trusting in the Holy Spirit was not new to me when I got married. And because I got married to someone else who is also trusting in the Holy Spirit, our marriage has been nothing short of this incredible journey with him. I stand here today only under the power of the Holy Spirit because if you know me and know me well, you know, Pastor Greg, Greg said a couple things about me last week. He said, you know, if you know Randy, everything he does, he's always smooth. 
And I got to tell you, it's hard for me to be on a platform in front of people. If you only knew the civil war that goes on inside of me from fear and anxiousness and anxiety, fighting and battling confidence. But I do it under the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And there is nothing like being empowered by Him. And so I encourage you to pray for our young people. Pray for your kids at home that they would be touched, that they would be filled, that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Pray for our youth group. Lori came up here and she said, you know, um, such and such... Uh, youth group event is going on and we need to pray for them. And, it was, and then she went on to say, we need to pray for our young people. We need to pray that they encounter the Holy Spirit in their lives. Pray for our young adults because once you've encountered the Holy Spirit, everything changes. Your priorities change. The way you think changes. The way you act changes. How you think changes. So this morning, I want to ask you this question again. Are you open? I mean, are you open to the Holy Spirit? I mean, what if we were open to the Holy Spirit in our lives? What if we opened ourselves to the Holy Spirit for our families and for our friends? What could God do with us if we were just open to Him? You know, I know there's many people here who you struggle with self-consciousness in front of others. So maybe your home is a more inviting and welcoming place for you to be open to the Holy Spirit. You know, Cornelius was baptized in the Holy Spirit right where he was in his home. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in a home. This morning, I'm going to ask if... Rosemary, she told me not to call her that. That's why. I'm just going to ask Raz if she would come and share her testimony about how she was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hi. Um, I came to the Lord on March 27th, 1977, just walking along the beach in Wellfleet, Massachusetts, just me and the Lord, and I received Christ into my life, and it changed me. I literally felt just this weight come off of me, all this garbage come off of me, and I was um, suffering from suicidal depression, and I was healed from suicidal depression. And many years before that, people were witnessing to me about the love of Jesus Christ. And then I came, as I said, to salvation. Two weeks later to the day, on Easter Sunday, 1977, my brother invited me to Glad Tidings Church. 
And I remember coming here, and I heard a sermon in a different way. I heard um, singing and worshiping in a different way like I never did before. I experienced such a presence of God. Um, Within about a year later, I started getting involved in ministry, and I was in the choir. But something inside of me was lacking. I felt at times it was hard for me to pray. And I always uh, would hear from the pulpit, Sunday school, and I was in a young adult Bible study, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I didn't quite understand it. I didn't quite understand who is the Holy Spirit. I know who God the Father is. I know who God the Son is. But I don't know who the Holy Spirit is. Now, I have to admit that I had fear in me receiving this baptism. I thought, oh, my goodness, self-consciousness. What am I going to do? What am I going to sound like? And I had, as I said, a fear of it. Now, my brother who came to Christ, as I said, um, he and I are very much alike, and I love my brother dearly. He said, Raz, he said, "Um, my student prayed for me in his truck for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, Raz, it was like being born again all over again. I was experiencing such elation, such freedom. Now, that touched my heart. And I knew and I know what it's like to be born again. And that was not fearful. And plus, in the choir, there was this lovely lady. I don't remember her name. I just remember she was from one of the islands. And I remember it was down in the middle of the auditorium before we were going to practice. She was just sharing how she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in her kitchen while she's washing dishes. And I'm thinking, don't you usually receive it? like somebody praying over you or in a church in a, quote, holy setting in her house. But, you know, I was touched by that. Now, I had a friend who went to Glad Tidings. Her name is Sue, and to this day I'm still friends with her. And she says, Raz, um, you want to come to St. Joseph's, the church, the Catholic church at Quincy Point. They have a charismatic service there. I said, sure. So I went, and I remember the people had such love in their eyes and in their heart, and they were so inviting. And at a time during the service, during the worship time, throughout the whole sanctuary, I could hear the singing in other tongues in the spirit. And I had my eyes closed, and I said, oh, my God, I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven with the angels surrounding me. I have never in my life 
have experienced such a wonder. And when I left that church, I remember how deep that was in me. Now, the Lord led me also to a scripture in Romans 8.26, saying, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but with the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express, and that's what I felt inside, groans. What do I say when I pray? Now, as I said and I shared that I experienced such a wonder in that St. Joseph's Church, the move of the Holy Spirit. In my house, a few days later, all alone, about 11.30 at night, I am praying then these words start coming out of me and I'm praying in another language and another tongue and it was wonderful it just was coming out of me like streams of living water and I knew when David said and I was shouting Lord I know when David said my cup runneth over God gave me such freedom And it changed me. And now I knew when I prayed, the Holy Spirit was interceding through the very words that he was giving me by his power. I shared this wonderful experience with my friends, the Bible study I was going to. Then again, within about a week, I really can't remember the time schedule, but it was within days or something, I was in my house again. And praying in tongues. And then I started singing in the spirit. Just like when I heard those angels in that sanctuary. They were in my home. And it was a wonderful, wonderful gift. Especially being in the choir. And having that ministry of of worship. And I just felt. I have nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear about this because God is meeting me individually as a person, knows my personality, and it changed me. It changed me how I would pray because I don't know what to pray. I honestly, in English, don't know what to pray. Some of you know that my brother had pancreatic cancer. He passed away the end of December. And there was kind of, unfortunately, an estranged relationship. And when I would pray, I didn't know what to pray. It was too emotional. It was too difficult. And I say, Lord, I've got to give it to you because I don't know. And the Holy Spirit would just pray. And he would intercede. And I would be praying in tongues. I said, and in my head, I'm saying, Lord, I don't know what I'm saying. But all I know, it's according to your perfect will. And that gift has stayed with me and remained with me. And and as Pastor Rennie was saying, the self-consciousness of getting up in front of people, 
Oh, my goodness. I remember somebody approached me. Could you read this poem on Woman Ministries Day? I says, no. I just said, I'm not going to get up there in front of the church and read something. I mean, God really gives you, it's that, it's that, that power from within that any time I would teach, because then later on I became a Sunday school teacher, I knew I had to depend on the Holy Spirit. Now working with the youth, I know I have to depend on the Holy Spirit because he is the only one that matters, and he gives us wisdom. And through that, he's given me um, the gift of vision. I have seen angels in this sanctuary I have seen an angel here once standing, and I knew that's from Almighty God. It's not from me. And so there's nothing to fear. If anything, it changes your life. And I just want to end with, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So what would happen if you were open to the Holy Spirit? What would happen if your family was open to the Holy Spirit? What if we were all here together as a church open to his leading and to his guiding? You know, early in uh, the 19, in 1900, there was a chief in Malaysia, and he was repairing one of his wooden idols. And while he was repairing this idol, he told his wife, this is foolish. Here we are worshiping these wooden objects, but our hands are greater than this statue. Surely there has to be a higher being. The God who created all of this, let us worship him. And so for 25 years, they went into their prayer room every day and prayed to the unknown God. And one day, a Christian missionary came along and introduced the chief and his wife to the Bible and to Jesus and when they heard the good news, they rejoiced, and they said, this is the true God we have been seeking for for all of these years, and we believe in him. What would happen if we were open to the Holy Spirit? Maybe God can take you and ask you to walk over to a Cornelius' house and watch his entire family come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So how do we become open to the Holy Spirit? Well, if you only live out your faith on Sunday mornings when we worship together, you're, you're probably not open to the Holy Spirit. Last week, one of the challenges that Pastor Greg gave us was to look at our schedules and look at our calendars and check to see, have we really scheduled time with God? Because if you're too busy to pray, you're probably not open to the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you're not open to having God lead you the way that he would like to lead you. You're just not open to the Holy Spirit. Because God speaks to us when we spend time in prayer. So God spoke to Cornelius when he was in prayer to go get Peter because Peter has something important to tell you. And at the same time, a clear message came to Peter that men were, were coming and go wherever, wherever they bring you. And this was during Peter's 
private time of prayer. See, God uses our prayer time as opportunities to lead us to new avenues of ministry. God uses our prayer time to challenge us to minister to the weak and to the poor and to the outcasts of society. And God uses our time of prayer to, uh, to do new things in our lives. He uses our time of prayer to answer our questions, to calm our hearts, to heal our wounds, and to remind us that he has everything, everything, everything under his control. See, prayer gets us in tune with God. Prayer helps us to be receptive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it's in our times of prayer that God can really, truly speak to us. So are you open to him this morning? Would you stand with us today? We're going to go to the Lord in prayer With our eyes closed and with our heads bowed, I'm going to ask if the prayer team would come forward. Just concentrate on the Lord here in this place. For some of you who have been just seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you would like one of these prayer team members to pray with you. These altars are open for you. And for those of you who have experienced this baptism and you just need a fresh filling and would like one of these prayer members to pray with you, these prayer team members will pray with you. So we're going to spend just a little bit of time here just worshiping and spending some time in prayer, making ourselves open to the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives and with our, with our families. The Holy Spirit rain down. Rain. Oh, come. 
change our hearts as we stand on your word. Let your power fall. Let your voice be heard. Come and change our hearts as we stand on your word. And Holy spend some more time in worship and in prayer. These altars are open if you just want to spend some time alone here at these altars. If you want to just spend some time where you are at your seat, you're welcome to do that. And if you need to leave, we ask that you leave quietly, but we challenge you to be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life, for your family. Let's be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit in our homes. And let's seek the power of the Holy Spirit that we would operate under His influence. God bless you this morning. We love you guys. Have a great week.
let your power fall let your voice be heard come and change our hearts as we stand on your word holy
this morning, um, if you don't mind, I would like for us to pray together. Pastor Rennie hit on um, a part of his message about our children. And ever since we started the series on the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit, I felt like God has impressed upon me to pray for our kids to receive it. It's so out of the ordinary because we don't think that way. But when Pastor Rennie preached it again this morning, and he's talking about our children, there's no reason that they can't have that at a young age. And what if we had had that experience? I, I did have that experience growing up. And it was so much more empowering. And it was such, it, was, it, it opened your eyes. And who knows, even you praying, if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, you praying for our children. And even if you don't have children, you do. You have children right here watching you, watching your life and everything you say and do and how you walk in your walk with God. So I want us to do that this morning. I want us to come together in one mind, in the name of Jesus, no matter what's going on in your life, we need to collectively lift our kids up in prayer and cover them and ask God to fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit right now because they need that in this life. We know that at this age, don't we? We know how much they need that. So we need to get past ourselves and think of our children and that God will empower them and fill them with his very presence. Hallelujah. Right now. And I just want us to just collectively do that. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you and we lift up those kids in our lives, the very ones we see right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, the children that are in our church, Lord God, the youth that are in our church, our young adults that are in our church, for the ones in our lives, in our neighborhoods, that we can picture and we can see. There's so much hurt and so much pain out there, Lord God. And Father God, we pray in the name of Jesus, first of all, for their salvation, that they would come to know you as their personal Savior, that they would have freedom and peace and love and joy, all the beautiful things that are wrapped up in the name of Jesus. And that, Lord God, it wouldn't just stop there. That they would be filled with your Holy Spirit. With the unveiling of the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. That you would come in and fill them, Lord Jesus. No matter what their age is. Lord, we pray that for our children. We pray that you would empower them. That you would bless them that you would lead them all the days of their lives, Lord God, and everything they encounter. May the presence of God continue to go before them and make their path straight in the name of Jesus. We just pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit because it's a good thing. 
it's a good thing and they need the good things of God to help them through this life. And we thank you and praise you. We praise you collectively together in the name of Jesus for the infilling of the Holy Spirit for our children and for ourselves as we surrender. We surrender our children to you, Lord God. We commit them to you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you and we praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Look for it. Look for it, everybody. Because it's coming. And we got to stand on it and believe it for our children. That nothing is impossible with God, right? We've got to live that. We've got to pray that way. And we've got to believe that way. And when we do, those walls will come tumbling down. And the world will be changed through our children. Praise God. Jesus, turn your eyes upon me, for I know there is mercy in your sight. Your statutes are my heritage forever. My heart is set on keeping your decrees. You still my anxious urge to my joy. 